Today I'm speaking with Lisa Pico Aver, Associate Professor of Professional Practice of Journalism at USC Annenberg. The media can construct social realities in a particular way, celebrity news being a big one with a lot of media professionals behind it, PR, advertisement, you know, people who own the publication who are really influencing what can and can't be published. And it isn't really about the essence of the ethics of journalism, which is to see truth and report it. Can we even call celebrity journalism journalism? So I do think we can call celebrity journalism journalism because, again, it doesn't matter the content. It it depends on how we um, sort of go about telling the story. I think the problem is when celebrities are the focal point, we often forget the story and get caught up on the person and the and the and the sort of power of the celebrity. And the story no longer becomes the more important piece as as it would if we were you know covering just kind of Joe and Jane Blow. We were doing a story on the lead, what's happening, the who, what, when, where, why, how. We become more caught up in the person, um, in the who, than the what and the how. Do you think that that's what happened with Britney Spears when she was going through her very public? Yeah, I think the breakdown. Right. I think what happened with Britney Spears is because she started out as a young girl, you know, she, she, she wasn't like 20 when she began. She started out as a teenager, as a preteen, and the media felt like they owned Britney, like they owned the way that Britney was going to be shaped in the media. To your point, her PR people were sort of putting her out there as a certain kind of almost sexual-esque innocence. It was like she was kind of sexual and innocent all at the same time. She was like the juxtaposition of of all of that. And, and I feel like the media had such access to Britney. It was, she was always around. They, her PR people put her out there so, uh, so much. She was in the forefront so often that they just felt like they knew Britney and they could say things about her and take pictures of her and sort of not even um, give her any sort of private space. Her private and her public, there was no differentiation for the media, she, she had no private space. And so they just took liberties with talking about media, almost as media, Brittany, almost as though she weren't a real person. And so her story was particularly tragic because she was a child that we were taking advantage of. She was vulnerable and she was having these adults, media included, create her story. What I really can't get around is if I wrote in a newspaper about an international affair, something that was going on in politics, people would take two seconds, they would second guess, they would second guess what I was writing, they'd be doing their research. Why are we so quick to believe what we read in a tabloid without doing our background into that? I I think. It's because we want to believe it. 
So when we hear political news and, and, you know, racial justice news or whatever, it's like we, part of us doesn't want to believe that that, that that could be true. Like we can't be that horrible. Someone definitely couldn't have done that. That can't be true. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to do some investigating. We think celebrities live on this sort of other plane. And if, if it comes out of the media's mouth, it's gotta be true. So we, you know, we don't do that sort of investigative uh, seeking as readers or as viewers, the same way we do, we don't scrutinize stories about celebrities in the same way. To that same effect, the paparazzi, just the whole, this whole paparazzi movement, right? That came up the eighties and the nineties. Um, even if we thought a little bit of it wasn't true, we enjoyed it. It was almost like pre-reality television where yeah, maybe it's not all the way true, but it's entertaining. So it didn't really matter. Where's the accountability piece there? The accountability should have been on the journalists, right? The accountability is not on the public per se. No. The public buys into what we're fed in the media, period. Um, PD, people don't have, the media should not think that readers and viewers have, um, have the ability necessarily to have kind of that media judgment, to be able to critique things that, that we're doing. So it's, it's our jobs as the, as the media to tell truths, to try to not um, sort of follow suit what us is reporting it, the people's got to hurry up and report the same thing. You know, we've all got to get the shaved head photo. We've all got to do, but what we're not doing is, is asking the why. And if we publish the shaved head photo, what does that mean for the person that's being published? Like, do you just think she got pissed and shaved her head? Or do you really think that there's a mental breakdown there? And you should think to yourself as the journalist, as kind of this gatekeeper, so to speak, should I be doing this? The problem is the journalist doesn't have the power. The editors have the power over the journalist per se, right? They have kind of that final editorial power. And in, in celebrity culture, it's all about who can get the news out first, salacious or not. That is a lot to, you know, I couldn't imagine going through journalism school like I have for the past four years and just being able to spew and say whatever I want without being objective and factual. And it makes me kind of wonder that if what happened between say Woody Allen and Mia Farrow happened now instead of back in 1992, mm -hmm. would we have had this conversation? Would that well, have out in the public as it did? No. Um, 1992 and almost almost 2022, right, are, are two very different moments in time. Um, anything post Me Too, which is now, uh, is going to have a, a different conversation. Also, the difference between 92 and now um, with the Pharaoh and, and Allen case is there's social media, right? So social media allows celebrities to have a voice. Magazines of the 90s created the narrative. 
and there was no place for the celebrity necessarily to have the voice to sort of insert truths. Now they can do it on their different social media platforms. Then, of course, it then adds this new layer of, oh, maybe that report by TMZ was wrong. Maybe so-and-so jumped the gun by saying, you know, this was the reason for the head shaving end, but this was really the actual reason. So I think today things are very different, mainly because social media gives celebrities a voice and they are oftentimes running their own accounts. Um, I also think that the, the Pharaoh Allen moment um, at the time when it happened, it was sort of like, well, they're not getting along. And maybe Mia is pushing Dylan to say these things about Woody because they're not getting along. So that's just going to play out better in court during this sort of custody battle. We, we really didn't believe sexual allegation. Um, we didn't believe sexual allegations in the manner that we do now. Um, does the media owe Mia Farrow and Dylan Farrow and their family an apology for the portrayal of them in the media? It seems after that happened, you didn't hear much about Mia Farrow's career. Right. No one took the time to listen to what Dylan had to say. Everyone just wanted to believe that this person behind all these iconic movies would not do something yeah. like that. Well, part of that is, is the public and the media's inability to take away the hero syndrome from these celebrities that we've um, put on a pedestal. So you've got two celebrities. It's not like it was the celebrity and his wife, right? Mia Farrell was not Woody Allen as far as popularity, but she was a celebrity in her own right. But Woody Allen was an icon. And I'm not saying that from personal no. belief. I'm saying that, you know, in the grand scheme of the cultural conversation, Woody Allen was this sort of iconic character that we, that we all placed on this pedestal. And you almost, it almost ruins your it almost just sort of ruins how you think of people if if this kind of quirky guy who we all sort of start enjoyed his movies who who were you know he was the 70s and 80s of movies um if if he was going to be a a, a pedophile an, an incestuous pedophile even though they weren't related but still an incestuous pedophile so i i think it's less about uh I think it's less about the media owing Mia Farrell a um, apology and more about the media becoming more of a cultural critic of Woody. He was still able to have his career and live out mm -hmm. you know, the rest of the life, his life. The man's 85 and a lot right. of that and we saw celebrities going to award shows and speaking his praises and right. who's holding what celebrities put out there within the media responsible and accountable to the things that they say. Because if I wrote something and I was interviewing a politician, 
I would have to go back and look at both sides and present both sides of the argument. Why are there two different standards of journalism, the one that we hold in regard for celebrities and the average day Joe non-celebrity related media? Right. Well, I, I would say that we're getting better with that because there have been so many investigative kind of stories surrounding media people. Um, keeping it in the context of, of the 90s of kind of where we were as a, as a, as a media space and a media society. Um, I think it's, I think certain politicians were at sort of liberty, but for the most part, I think, I think the problem is that we oftentimes people don't think of celebrities as real people. They, they put them, they put them sort of in their own category and that's not, and that's fine. I don't agree with it. That's fine. The problem is the media has a job of, of telling the whole truth. The Mia Farrow, Woody Allen incident came in more where it, it was a legal thing. So at a certain point, and because they were dealing with a child, an underage child, at a certain point, they sort of stopped covering it. I think less because they didn't believe Mia, although that was true. Um, but more because Woody skewed the PR. He started, he changed the narrative from, all right, I'm going to be the, pet, the Dylan pedophile to I'm going to marry, I'm going to marry Sunyi. So guess what? Let's talk about me in that light, which, you know, people were like, God, oh, that's just really gross, even though you're not related. But it changed the narrative. So we stopped talking or the media stopped kind of covering the Woody Allen, Dylan, Mia Farrow situation. And they ran with the Woody Allen, Sunyi, Mary's stepdaughter situation. And then as media does, we forget about stories and move on. You know, Me Too hasn't stopped, but COVID came in. So everything's been COVID and pandemic stories for the past two years, but it's not like suddenly any Me Too stories have stopped. It's just, we've stopped covering them on a daily basis. So do people of power influence like celebrities have their own access to PR? Does that just get them out of being held accountable by the mainstream media? Are people, I know you're in LA, okay. are they worried that if you cover a celebrity in a bad light, that you're not going to get invited to the next press release, or you're not going to be allowed into interviews if you are presenting them in a light that they don't want to be portrayed in? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I think we can. I think um, it doesn't really matter who who we're covering, I think it. So if we can call it celebrity journalism, is it at different levels that some publications you would consider to be actual journalism where mm -hmm. places like TMZ, it's just about the quick hit that you can get out there about the celebrity, the quickest, the fastest. 100%. So I would say the category really would be entertainment journalism, as opposed to celebrity journalism, because it's going to cover, you know, it's going to cover everything, right? It should cover the movie industry, it should cover, you know, 
it should cover race and gender equity and for the Academy Awards, the same way it should cover so-and-so's dating so-and-so. <laughs> All of that is entertainment journalism. Um, there's there Yes, there's a difference between certain publications, which are reputable publications of journalism who just happen to cover celebrities versus the one hits, the off hits or the tabloids, very different. Tabloids and tabloid television are not journalism. They're entertainment. Should we put a flyer or like a note on top of these publications so people can tell that this is a tabloid, this is not journalism, this does not follow the foundation, the ethics of true authentic journalism? Right. I, well, I think people know that. I, I also know enough to know <laughs> that everyone doesn't know that. The media world knows that. The National Enquirer is not, you know, the Atlantic. Every, you know, people, people of a certain caliber or in a certain journalistic space 100% know that. Joe Blow standing at the grocery store looking at the tabloids, because it's generally tabloids and then they'll have some kind of reputable magazines at the bottom, but the tabloids are up there and they're catching our eye. So-and-so broke up, so-and-so has two heads, you know, crazy stuff. Um, but I, I, so should there, should there be sort of a warning label? Kind of like, this is going to be really hot. Don't buy it as in pepper hot, you know, on certain like pepper cans or hot sauces. Um, maybe there should, maybe, maybe there should be sort of like children's programming now has, you know, cartoons have the different kind of labels on them and the grades and, and that. So, you know, what kind of programming is coming on for your child. Maybe those publications should have a label. I think right now we're working off of you just know a tabloid when you see it. Don't know if that's the most effective way <laughs> to move forward, um, but they're definitely not journalism. Tabloids are not journalism. Tabloids are entertainment stories that don't necessarily align themselves with full truth. And I love to believe the thought that most people do know the difference, but it right. took me going through journalism school to be able to differentiate what I'm reading in a tabloid right. compared to a, you know, a different publication and being able to differentiate the fact that a lot of what is in there is not accurate. It's not sure. objective. We're not seeking truth and reporting it. We're just reporting Right. whatever for the sake of you know a sale or the sake yeah. of you know getting some sort of new news bit out there you're right media literacy in both of our countries yeah. <laughs> media literacy is definitely not where it needs to be the question is so your your question really should be or my answer to your question really is is it the journalists and i don't know the answer to this is it journalism as a uh, as an entity? Is it journalism's responsibility to make the public more media literate? One, or is it is media literacy something that should be ingrained in a curriculum? Doesn't need to be a journalism curriculum, but in a curriculum in school, in high school, whatever. And then people have this media literacy the same way that we understand political systems because we have a civics class 
or we have a history class and we know basic stuff. I'm not going I don't know. Expecting the public to know everything, but you know, especially with younger generations, yeah. do they really know what to be able to differentiate what they're reading and what's true, what's not true? No, they don't. Well, and just like we think what we see on social media all the time is true, right? We we know we know that that's also not true. There are also there are fake, uh, you know, people pretend like they're the celebrity. They have a name very close to the celebrity in the in the Twitter in the Twitter uh, handle. And you know, you're right. I mean, people believe what they see and what they read. They believe it first, and they question it second. So. Before I end this, I just want to end it with just a final thought. Is it time to rethink the influence and power we give to celebrity journalism and the consequences and impact it has on holding people like Woody Allen accountable or the way that Britney Spears was treated in the media? They're both mm -hmm. different things, different situations, but is it time to re-look at celebrity journalism as a whole? And I leave you with your final thoughts on that is we're here in Canada and I'm assuming in LA, you're gonna be dealing with a lot more celebrity entertainment, tabloid journalism than mm -hmm. we have up here. Yes, well, to, to answer your question, yes, it is time for us to sort of re-examine that. Um, I, I think the difference is if, if someone is a true journalist, again, if someone is a true journalist being trained, have gone to school and works for a reputable publication, they aren't doing cowboy celebrity journalism. They, they are doing good journalism that happens to feature celebrities, which is different. So it, it comes down to do we need to do a better job of um, advising the public on reputable publications versus non-reputable publications, one, and help them understand that just because something is in writing or you see it, that doesn't make it true. Because that's, that's important. We, we, we're fed things, particularly about celebrities, and we believe it. I think entertainment journalism as a whole is strong and it's great. Me Too movement came out of entertainment journalism. Ronan Farrell, I consider an entertainment journalist, or at least that was an entertainment journalism story. Me Too was not just a normal journalism story. That was an entertainment journalism story because it featured celebrities. It was an investigative story that featured Celebrity. That's hard-hitting journalism that just happens to be on an entertainment topic. No, no, because as, as a journalist, you have to understand what PR people do. So you have to know that the whole job of a PR person is to true entertainment journalist, someone that's actually covering the entertainment industry, celebrities and otherwise, knows that they still have to get the hard-hitting story, even if they piss off the celebrity and the celebrities camp. You're not going to, if I work for People Magazine or E, you're not going to turn away E because Lisa did kind of a nasty story on Woody Allen. You know, doesn't mean that I'm not 
going to continue to uh, to try to seek out the that red carpet glossing over treatment of celebrities versus people that considered themselves sort of hard hitting entertainment journalists. Um, and, and the latter means that you have a little bit more of that objectivity that you're sort of entering the, the story with, and you should not be bamboozled by their PR people at all. And how do you separate the two? It seems, especially when you're covering celebrities, you're the PR team, the advertisers, it's all intertwined that mm -hmm. it's hard to separate that all to just be able to focus on the stories and the facts. Right. You almost have to cover it like a politician. You almost have to cover it like a fire. You know, this person just happens to be famous, but I'm going to go in here and get around the PR people who I already know. I know in my head the PR person is going to spin this. If you go in knowing that that's what's going to happen, you have to figure out how to get around the PR person and maybe even acknowledge that in your article, you know, as, as I was talking to Mr. Allen, his PR team, you know, lingered in the background, listening to every word we said, he wasn't able to answer all of my questions. Even if a journalist says that in the article, it's going to clue in to the people reading it or watching it that, you know what, we, we're probably not going to get all of the answers, but at least it shows that the journalist understands that even if we can't get to the truth, they at least understand that they're not going to be part of a pawn in the game because that's important. And what does a journalist have to do not to be a pawn in the game, as you called it, when covering celebrities, when at every corner you have, you know, their bubble of people protecting them from the journalist, protecting them from the story, protecting them from what you're trying to go out there and do, which is to seek the truth and report it from an objective stance. Well, they have to sometimes go around the celebrity and their team. So if you're going to do a story, you don't just go, if you're going to do the, the Britney Spears story, you're not just going to go talk to Britney, Britney's father, you know, and her publicist. That wouldn't make any sense. You're going to have to try to talk to them, get something on the record, and then you need to go around and do some digging. You need to find the per the intern that no longer works for Brittany, who's going to be able to give you the scoop. You need to find a wardrobe person that traveled with her, you know, for five years and did all her wardrobe and or her makeup person. You've got to go around the celebrity themselves and not stop there. You start there, but you don't stop there. As a true journalist, to give to give to give the public a true story, you can't just stop with the celebrity because you know that that's a spun story. I just wanted to take the time today and thank you, uh, Lisa, for coming on and really delving into this topic. I'm Laura Nelson for Next Big Thing Magazine.